Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Not just yet, gentlemen, not just yet, not just yet. Thank you, though. I love the enthusiasm. Hey, um, we've got something a little bit different this morning. Um, if you're a guest here, welcome to C3 Coffs Harbour. Um, C3 Church um, is, while it's a really cool uh, acronym, um, C3, um, what those C3s are, uh, Christian City Church, and um, we've been going for uh, locally here for about 25 some years, um, but the C3 movement of churches have been going on for just about 40 years now, and so we are part of uh, 120 C3 churches all across Australia, 560 all over the world, and so we are a rapidly growing movement where uh, over 100,000 people every Sunday across the world will be worshipping in a C3 church somewhere, which is really, really awesome to know. We were started by Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle, who are our founding pastors of the whole movement and, and still. Uh, 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 the head of what we do globally. They are incredible men and women of faith and we love those guys so much and they have prepared a, uh, a New Year's video for us for every church in the movement that they have asked to play at the start of 2020. So we're going to flick to you, Shaden, lights, camera. How good was that? I just, I just love his heart. His, you can clap if you want. Thanks, Pete. That was awesome. Um, I'll pass it on when I see him next. Um, I just love... His, his faith, um, and that's probably one thing that would be the, the hallmark of, of Pastor Phil, um, is, is faith. And, and in particular, what stood out to me in, in that video um, was right at the end there, he says that, that nothing deserves to be given higher, grace, higher glory or higher honor than Jesus. And, and for me, Jesus is kind of a big deal. Um, Jesus is the reason why we are here. He is the reason why we have our Christmas service, our Easter service. He's the reason why we have any service. He's even the reason why we have life. In Him, all things were created that were created. And so our salvation um, itself, when we think about that, our, our relationship that we have with God, us being saved from a life disconnected from God and, and being saved to a life connected to Him and with Him, is by grace alone. Not of our own doing, but it's by grace alone, through faith alone, not by works, just by trust and belief. We trust and believe in God's grace alone freely saves us. And it's only through Christ alone that that's able to take place. So to him, all glory, all praise and all honor. And we see why, because in, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, which Pastor Phil talked about, that God's love for us is infinitely deep, infinitely wide, infinitely long and infinitely high. And when we understand and comprehend and then clothe ourselves to live in that reality where God's love goes to the depths of our despair, takes us to the highest of highs, we can't outrun it or escape it, then, then we, we realize that, you know what? I can settle in that. I can, I can find the rhythms of God's grace for life by following Him, by, by chasing after Him because it's in Him we live and move and have our being. Not in my own intellect, my own understanding, my own ideas and comprehension, but it's in understanding who God is and through faith alone, by grace alone, by Christ alone that we have been saved. And so I've got about five minutes to share a couple of thoughts um, 
And as I was preparing, I was just thinking about 2019, the year that we had, and the stuff that we we talked about and, and, and gone through. And the three things that sort of stood out to me last year, and, and you might remember these things, in February we looked about we looked at how we are we are holy sheep. That um, I said that correctly, holy sheep. That we're a holy nation. That God has rescued us and assembled us, and He is referred to dozens of times throughout Scripture as the Good Shepherd. And so, in order for Him to be a shepherd, He must have sheep, and so we can trust Him. So we are God's holy sheep. In November, we looked about looked looked at how God's word is significant. And that statistically we can actually uh, determine our spiritual development by how much we actually engage with this book. And, and the, the, the less we engage with it, the slower our spiritual development. The more we engage with it and apply it and live by it, the greater our spiritual development. And that's statistically proven. And so we looked at a whole bunch of different things. And all these messages are online to listen to if you want. But... Um, but God's word and reading the Bible, getting it in us. I went through a bunch of different Bible plans through version to, to help us get healthy habits in that area. And then over December, we looked at how John 1 depicts Jesus as the word of God. That if we don't know what God's voice sounds like, we just need to start reading about who Jesus was, where he went, what he did, what he taught. That we hear God's voice clearest when we read about Jesus. He was, he's also the life and the light, and he brings us grace upon grace upon grace. So Jesus is a big deal. He's the good shepherd. He has a good plan for us. He's, his love is deep and high and wide and long, and, and that's what a good shepherd does is, is provide and protect for his sheep. My job is not just to present God answers to life's problems. That's part of my job. But it's not just exclusively to go, hey, here's God's answers for all your problems. Nor is it just to unlock the tricky little hidden secret truths in Scripture that you can't find, but I magically can because I've got a pastor's collar. Like, that's not really my main job. My job oftentimes is to pose questions that get us thinking rather than just dispensing answers. And so the questions that I want to pose to get us thinking, uh, my, my goal is that they would drive us to, to a place of prayer, drive us to a place of study, drive us to a place of worship so that we can discover the answers to these questions for ourselves. I want to invite ownership, not just impose conclusions on us. I, I feel that it's far more satisfying for us to hunt and gather than to just be spoon-fed. Oh, here's, here's your best life. Uh, eat that. Now, I, would, I would rather stir us up to think about our life, to think about who God is, think about what His Word says, and then how can we then lay that over the life that we've all been given? We've all been given one life, and we make decisions about that life. And I'm not going to be the kind of pastor that is just up to you dictating, this is what you shall do. That's not how Jesus 
demonstrated life. That's not how we roll around here. But I'm simply going to elevate the name of Jesus. I'm going to teach the Word of God. And that we have to hunt and gather the truth of God, how His kingdom operates, and overlay that over this one life we get to make the most impact we can while we're on this planet before we get taken to glory forever with Him. That's my job. So here's a couple of questions I want to ask. If Jesus is the good shepherd, which he is, if Jesus is the word of God, which he is, everything was created through him and by him, if Jesus is the life and the light for all mankind, which he is, I want us to ask these questions. As we enter a new, new year, as we enter a new decade, What does Jesus want for your marriage? I'm not going to impose an answer. I want to invite you to own that. I want to invite you to the fight of discovering what Jesus wants for your marriage this year. I want to invite you to dance with him through worship, through prayer, through his word. To discover what he has for you as the good shepherd of your marriage or your singleness. What does Jesus want for your singleness? What does Jesus want for your marriage? For your, I just said that, for your family. Your household. What what does Jesus want for your physical health and well-being? An often neglected part of our lives is our physical. We get so caught up in, oh, the spiritual, just getting my soul and my spirit. And that's awesome. But we also live in earthen vessels that need to be taken care of. And that's part of our stewardship to what God has given to us is how we look after our bodies. What we put in and the output from it. I'm not a dietitian or a health coach, but I think it's important that, you know, We eat clean food and exercise regularly and drink lots of water. So what does Jesus want for your physical health and your well-being? What does Jesus want for your mind? Your thinking patterns. What you read. What you feed on mentally. What you watch. What you allow into your mind through your ears. What does Jesus want for you in your mind? What does Jesus want for you in your friendships? Because we're not called to do life alone. Friendships can be some of God's richest blessing for our life. Friends hold our arms up. They encourage us. They challenge us. They bless us. They laugh with us. They cry with us. What does Jesus want? for your friendships and your involvement in those friendships what does Jesus want for your finances does he want to keep you poor and limited or does he want to see you grow and increase so you can be more effective and more generous and more able to respond to the needs of those around you. What does Jesus want for your finances? 
what does he want for your career? Your job, your, your workplace? Are you, are you satisfied in the run of the mill? Nine to five. There's a ceiling over that. I'm not going to go any further. My salary's capped. My, my, my progress is capped and I'm just going to dwell forever. Or, or is Jesus got a plan for more for you? Does the good shepherd want to lead you to a, a greater place, a greater level of influence and impact so that you can grow and develop, that you can not just get stuck? What does Jesus want for your involvement in his church? As I said before, and hopefully I didn't offend anybody, but we are not a consumer church. We're a contributing church. But don't just take my word for it. Let's, let's pray and let's worship and let's read God's word to see what Jesus has for you in regards to the involvement with the local church he has called you to be planted in. What does Jesus want for your spiritual gifts? I, I feel that some of us know what our spiritual gifts are, but for whatever reason, we pop them on the shelf. Some of us are called to, to, to prophesy, but we're afraid of being weird or whatever, so we just pop that on the shelf. And prophecy isn't weird, prophecy is just declaring the word of God. When I preach every Sunday, I am prophesying. My pastor Phil is, is pouring out of Ephesians chapter 3. He is prophesying. He's declaring the word of God. And sometimes it's just us, you know, speaking scripture verbatim. And, verbatim. and other times it's like, hey, God puts a word on your spirit which lines up with the word of God that we can encourage somebody with. That's prophecy. And there's many other spiritual gifts that, that God has given us, but, but Jesus as our good shepherd leading us to green pastures, what does he have, what does he want for you with your spiritual gifts? And lastly, the question I want to ask is what does Jesus want for your impact and your influence on your local community and the world? I don't believe Jesus has called any of us to play small and live small. I think the price he paid for our salvation was far too high for us to play safe life, small life, zero impact, zero influence. Like the lengths he went to to demonstrate for us how deep his love is, how high his love is, how wide his love is, how long his love is, for us to live this one life we get playing small, playing safe, limiting ourselves because of fear, insecurity, doubt, uncertainty or whatever. I kind of think that maybe Jesus has more for us. And our job as a faith community, as a church, is to have iron sharpen iron. We get alongside each other. And it can be hard on a Sunday morning because we're limited with kids and whatever. That's why connect groups are so important. That's why friendships are so important. So we can talk about what God's doing in us and we can, we can identify the rough edges that form on our lives and we can just sort of sharpen those off to make each other sharper, more efficient, more effective for what God's called us to do. So that's, that's my message. Jesus is the good shepherd. We are holy sheep. 
His word unlocks the keys to life. Jesus is the light and the life. To know God, to hear from God is to look to Jesus. So what does Jesus want for your marriage or your singleness? What does he want for your family? What does he want for your physical health and well-being? What does he want for your mind? What does he want for your friendships? What does he want for your finances? What does he want for your career? What does he want for your involvement in the local church? What does he want for your spiritual gifts? And lastly, what does he want for your impact in your local community and the world? And it might take you a decade to unpackage these things. I'm not, we, we might not get these answers today. But these are the questions that we should have stirring inside of us. And I am not going to spoon feed you the answers for your life. I'm going to invite you into a relationship with Jesus so he can reveal them to you himself. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you so much. God, that you are good. You love us. Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.